is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 10, uh, verses 1 to 23. And you can find it on page 1103 in the Pew Bibles. Cornelius calls for Peter. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? he asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who's called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. Peter's vision. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests, and the next day Peter started out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa went along. This is the word of the Lord. Okay. Good morning, everybody. It's been a little while since I've been here. Lovely to see you. Um, So, a question to start. How many of you like multiple choice questions? Oh, oh, thank 
Thankfully, there's one. There's one here. And a couple more. Brilliant, brilliant. I thought there'd be a flood of hands going up, flurry, but no, which is a bit disappointing because I've got a couple of multiple choice questions for you today. So, but no worries. No worries if you, you, you're starting to tremble already because there's no such thing as a wrong answer with these, okay? You can't get it wrong. Secondly, nobody is marking them. Hooray! There we go. Win-win. So we can't get it wrong, can we? So my first question for you today, okay, is where is your favourite place to pray? Is it a special chair that you have? Is it when you go for a run? Is it when you go for a walk outside somewhere? Is it when you're in the car driving to work? Is it when you're having a shower? Do you like to go to a special place to pray? None of those answers or anything else, okay? Told you, you can't get it wrong, can you? So my favourite place, one of my favourite places to pray, and anybody who knows me, this isn't going to be a surprise, okay? One of my favourite places to pray is a place called Founder Brennan, a Christian retreat centre in Pembrokeshire. And I like to go there, and because, for a number of reasons, but one, there's just such a sense of God's presence there. And it's so easy to pray. It just seems to come naturally, you know. But also, you meet all these people from different cultures, different denominations, and there's always somebody really interesting that you get to know and speak to. Well, about seven years ago, I went to Feldbrennen and I stayed for the weekend. And towards the end of the weekend, there was a time of open prayer, okay, after one of the sessions. They don't normally do that, but they did this time. And because I spent all that time with God, I was like, do you know what? I want to pray. I want to pray out loud in front of everybody. That wasn't my normal, what I like to do at that time at all. But you know, I was feeling quite confident. I thought, great, yes. Want to do this okay so the first person starts to, to pray and she prays for a couple of minutes and she stops I thought right I'm gonna get in there now it's a bit like teams meetings does anybody have teams meetings you've got to get in there and you it's tricky got to put that little hand up but this one so as soon as she finishes praying somebody is on their feet and I think he probably was from South Korea and he's there on his feet right and for the first five minutes he prays this most beautiful fluent, eloquent, beautifully crafted prayer. Oh, it was wonderful. And then he carries on for the next five minutes. And this time he just recites long passages of scripture, just adds them in, as you do, isn't it, you know? But he did, and not a hesitation, not a flaw or a fault, he carries on. And then he carries on praying for another five minutes. Beautiful, everybody, well, I was in awe of his praying. And then by that time, my confidence levels were going down and down and down. And then I was thinking, after he finished praying, his wife pops up and she carries on in the same vein for another five minutes. And by that time, I'm going, do you know what, God? I don't think I'll pray today. I don't think today is the day. And I walk out of that meeting um, with my tail between my legs, thinking, do you know what, God? I don't think I can pray at all, actually. I really don't. I think you've got to teach me a lot about prayer because I can't do it. Has anybody ever felt like that? And I'm sure probably a lot of us have at some point in our lives, haven't we? But you know what? Mother Teresa said we are all apprentices in prayer. And prayer is such a mystery, isn't it? I think we're just probably going on the edges of prayer, aren't we? You know. Uh, And there's a prayer course by John Mark Comer. 
And he says there's four aspects of prayer. Now, there's probably hundreds, okay? There's probably hundreds. I'm just going to tell you about these four today. And the first aspect is praying to God. And certainly, that man had nailed that, hadn't he? He was praying to God amazingly well. And the second one, then, is praying with God. And so that's praying with what God has on his heart, and it's praying in line with him in the way that he wants us to pray. That's a bit trickier, isn't it? It gets trickier. And then the third one is listening to God. And the fourth one is just being with God. And I'm like, do you know, no, no words required. I think that's quite amazing, isn't it? No words at all. And of course, if my, my lovely husband is here today, and I thank you that he's here today, uh, if he took me out for a meal and I sat there and I didn't let him have a word in edgeways, probably might say that happens sometimes anyway. <laughs> but if I, if I was there and I talked for the whole time and I said, right, Berianne, I want you to clear the gutters. I want you to paint the shed. I want you to phone Auntie Betty. I want you to write a letter to the, to the bank. Uh, and I want you to, to do the washing up and hoover the, hoover the house. After two hours of that, do you think he's going to be happy with me? No, I can tell you now he wouldn't be. But no, nor would anybody, would they, you know? Sorry. Uh, nobody would be happy with that, is there? And that's relationship, is being. Sometimes we just be together, don't we, in that silence. And going back to Mother Teresa, she was asked once, how do you pray? And what a great question to ask Mother Teresa, isn't it? And she said, sometimes I just sit there listening to God. But you know what? Sometimes he doesn't say anything back because he is listening to me. And we just sit there. I thought, wow. Isn't that brilliant? What a lovely picture of a relationship with God that we can just sit there and be together in each other's presence, not saying anything. That's amazing. But of course, prayer is really, the fundamental part of prayer is our view of God, isn't it? And so, second multiple choice question, okay, what is your view of God while you're praying? Okay, so is it A, is it like Oliver Twist and he comes to Mr. Bumble and he takes his cap off and he's thin and he's skinny and he's hungry, isn't he? And he goes, please, sir, can I have some more? And God perhaps would turn around to you and say, Ruth, more, you asked for more yesterday, why are you asking for more again? Is that your view of God? Or is it like Evan Almighty. Now, if you don't know Evan Almighty, the, the film, Google it when you get back. And uh, Google the bit where he downloads a million prayers. So he's there, and he's got his prayer request, and he downloads a million of these prayers. And he starts replying to about 10 of them. It takes a few hours for the prayers to come down. And then he starts replying to about 10. Gets a bit fed up after 10, and then he looks up, and there's another million. And then there's another million. And he just said, do you have this view that, oh, my goodness, my prayer just gets lost in all of the prayers that God ever has, and mine is just one of those prayers. And surely there's some more worthy people and more holy people and more holy prayers out there, and God's going to answer those before he answers mine, isn't he? So maybe you have that, that view as well. Or this is one I do admit to having, okay? I sometimes see myself in front of this huge, huge throne and I'm a tiny little mouse at one of the feet of the throne and there I am squeaking away and I squeak and I squeak very quietly and 
I feel that sometimes God goes, oh, who is squeaking again? Oh, she came here yesterday. I said no to her yesterday. Why is she coming again squeaking? And sometimes I feel a bit like that. And that's wrong. And all, actually, all three of those are wrong. They're lies, aren't they? They're lies to stop us praying. And do you know what? The Bible, if you see a Bible now, this is living and it's powerful. And it tells us the view that we should have of God. And the view is, if you think of the prodigal son, and there is our loving father. And he sees us coming down the lane. And he sees us and he runs to us with his arms open wide. And in his hands, he's got this cloak. And he's got these sandals. And he's got a ring. And he tells us that we are holy. He tells us that we are blameless. He tells us that we are precious in his sight. He tells us that we are honoured. And he is so welcomes us and he puts on that cloak and he puts on the sandals and he puts on the ring and he tells us that we are part of his family and all that dirt falls away and it doesn't matter if we've been just away five minutes doesn't matter doesn't matter if we've been away a week and we've had a heck of a week and one of those weeks that your head has been going like this and your feet haven't touched the ground it doesn't matter because he welcomes us the same And it doesn't matter if we've been away years and years and years and we're covered in shame and we're covered in the dirt of the world and the dirt of all the things that we've done. And it doesn't matter because he welcomes us in exactly the same way. Now then, wouldn't that turn the way that you pray, the way I pray, Wouldn't that change everything? And if we have that in mind as we pray. Now, if we look at the passage in the Bible that we were looking at there, there was Peter, and he was praying, not on his own roof, he was praying on somebody else's roof. Now, I want to say, we don't take everything in the Bible literally, do we? So I don't want to hear of anybody this afternoon who's gone onto their neighbour's roof and started praying, okay? Because it's a little bit dangerous. Could be. Don't want to hear of any accidents, but no. Unless you've got a roof garden, that would be nice, wouldn't it? But here is Peter, and this is like one of those major significant moments in the Bible. Because if it wasn't for this, this amazing vision that he had and the fact that he was obedient to it, if it wasn't for this, we wouldn't be sat here today. The only people that would be in God's kingdom would be the Jewish people who believed in the death and resurrection of God, of Jesus. Those would be the only people. But God in his amazing mercy, God in his abundance, welcomes us all into his kingdom, which is incredible, isn't it? But do you know, with something like that, something so major, something so significant, don't you think if you were God, would you not just write it in the heavens? Would you not just have some angels appearing? Would you not just have some thunderbolt coming from the sky? Why would you entrust that message to a mere mortal man? I know Peter was quite great at that time, but why would you do that? I don't think I would. He might get it all wrong. But he trusted in Peter, didn't he? He knew that Peter was trustworthy. He knew that Peter was faithful. And he knew that Peter was obedient. Do you think if God came to us today, would he find the same people in us? I just wonder that, isn't it? Would would he trust us with something, even something small? 
and something huge like that. And so my next question is, because God, I do believe, we've all got hearts and we've all got nets. And I feel that God actually drops things in our hearts to pray for. And each one of us is totally different. Now, we had the, Carmen and Brenda were here last week, weren't they? Wasn't it lovely to see them? And, you know, Carmen, in her heart, God has placed the desire, the longing, the need to pray for the persecuted church. And if you go to any church, well, prayer meeting with Carmen, she will always pray for the persecuted church. It's not always relevant, and sometimes people say, oh, not now, Carmen. But she will always, always pray for the persecuted church. And I feel that God, in his net, has put that, lowered it down into her heart. So next multiple choice question. Last one, actually, you'd be glad to hear. Last one. What has God placed in your heart to pray for today? Well, it might be today. It might be years and years and years of praying, right, isn't it? So is it, like Carmen, is it the persecuted church? That would be amazing, wouldn't it? If we all pray for the persecuted church, wow. Uh, is it a nation? Is it a war? Is it the environment? Is it the global crisis that we're in at the moment, climate crisis? Is it mental health situation? Is it for the government of this country? Is it for the church? Is it for revival? Is it for his kingdom to come? Each one of us is different, isn't it? And each one of us has got that different calling on our life to pray. And you know, it's not easy, is it? Because if you do know what you're called to pray for, wouldn't it be amazing if you pray for a war and the next day you heard that it stopped? Whoa! That would be amazing, wouldn't you? Just be fired up with your prayer life then, wouldn't you? But you know what? It doesn't quite happen like that, does it? And God calls us to be persistent. He calls us to persevere. And he calls us to endure. And one reason why he chose Peter was because he chose Peter because Peter had the Holy Spirit inside of him. And if we are sons and daughters of God today, if we're Christians, we too have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We're not doing it on our own. We're not there every day going, right, okay, I'm on my own here, but I've got to pray. Okay, but we've got the Holy Spirit who is helping us inside of us to do that. Now, uh, I've been praying for a member of my family, my brother, and I've prayed for him for years and years and years, okay, to become a Christian, because uh, he was going through some really hard times. And you would think you would th- see things getting better, wouldn't you? But actually, things got worse, <laughs> and they got worse, and they got worse, uh, until I, he, he rang me up few months ago uh, and it was quarter past six I know exactly where I was he rang me up and he said Ruth I've met this lady I've fallen in love with her she's a Christian I started going to church and she told me afterwards that he reads his bible that he prays before meals and that she did tell me that he's become a Christian but she's waiting for him to tell me he hasn't quite told me that yet I wish he had this week and I could have told you (laughs) but that's wonderful and it wasn't just me praying I'm sure I'm not taking all the credit but because I'm sure my mother and father and I'm sure there were many along the way of his friends as well were praying for him but it's that endurance isn't it years and years and years of prayer 
together. Now, I've got two verses that I've come across which have really blessed me, and they're a bit obscure, okay, which, uh, you know, always is quite nice, actually, obscure verses, aren't they? So, the first one is from Micah 2, verse 13, okay. One who breaks open the way will go up before them, and they will break through the gate and go out. The king will pass through before them, the Lord at their head. And if you read into that verse, it says, the Lord is the breaker. He goes in front of us. As we pray, he is breaking up the ground in front of us. He is the breaker. We're not there on our own. He is breaking up the way. The next verse is 2 Samuel 5, verse 20. And this is the Lord of the breaking through. So David went to Baal Perazim, and there he defeated them. He said, as waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that place was called Baal Perazim, the Lord who breaks out. So we're not on our own. God is breaking down the walls in front of us. He's breaking down the barriers. He's breaking down those boundaries. He goes before us. The Holy Spirit is empowering us. And the blood of Jesus is empowering us as well, isn't he? My goodness. If we see ourselves in that vein, it doesn't prayer become so more exciting? Doesn't it, really? Amazing. Now, I can't do any talk on prayer without saying that sometimes prayer, wouldn't it be lovely if all our prayers, going back to heaven almighty, he, he did, right, everybody, answer is yes. There we are, everybody happy. Good. But it doesn't quite work like that, does it, unfortunately? And Amy Carmichael, she says, there's no such thing as an answered prayer. There's yes, he says yes, he says no, and he says later. And you know what? If you, you come into him with the most precious thing in your life and you're bringing it before him and he says no, do you know that is so, so, so hard? And that is so difficult to cope with and understand. And God's ways are up here, aren't they? And his thoughts and ours are down here. And we just can't get that chasm that's in between whatsoever how that could be how could that be no and you know when we have um, a rift in human relationships isn't it do you know um, and we have two options and we have the first option which is the easiest option which is just ignoring that person I'll just go away and I I just don't want anything else to do with them because I just can't cope I don't know how to get over that and the second one which is harder is that is coming with that person and talking things through and talking about asking a million questions and coming with mercy and forgiveness and grace on both sides. And I think God calls us to that place. And it's a place of wrestling. I talked to somebody who's here today about this. And it's that place of wrestling with God, like Jacob did in uh, by Jacob, isn't it, by the, the, the river there. And it took him all night, didn't it? And he wrestled with God in that place. And he came out with a limp, but he came out stronger and different. And he came out 
as a man of God. And I think God calls us to do that, even in those really, really hard places. He wants to meet us in reconciliation there. So if you're in that place, I just urge you to, 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 to find that place of humility in between us and God, isn't it? And, and really wrestle things through there. So, I'm going to finish now with one last story, okay? And this story was when I was in a Christian fellowship in Rugeley. Has anybody heard of Rugeley? Yay! Well done, north of, uh, north of Birmingham there. And I was in a Christian fellowship there uh, for a couple of years. And I was about 22, 23, I think. And, they, and they, one, one Sunday, they invited this man who had a prophetic gift. Well, I was super excited. I thought, 22, that's it. This man, he's going to tell me what God says about me. He's going to, you know, my life is going to go forward. I'm going to know exactly. I'm going to have this great, mighty word over my life. Fantastic, wonderful. I was so excited. And so he comes, so this man comes, and he says, anybody who wants prophetic gift, or not prophetic gift, prophetic word, come down to the front. So I'm there, I'm there. There's a line of about 15 of us, and I'm about 13, right? And I'm there with my hands open. Yeah, this is good. You can see where this is going, can't you? Anyway, <laughs> hands over. I hear what everybody else has. I think, wow, brilliant, amazing words that they all get. I thought, brilliant, I'm here, I'm in my line, okay? And there I am hands open and he looks at me and he says I see that you're sitting in a deck chair I see that you've got your sunglasses on I see that you're on a cruise at this point that oh my life's gonna be good isn't it yeah but no it didn't stop there unfortunately he says God says get out of the deck chair and off the cruise and he walks on to the next person okay well how rude is that how rude in front of all these people isn't it but you know what it's funny, isn't it? Because we can all be complacent, can't we? And I am a very passive person, and I am very easygoing. Don't ask Barry on that, he might not say that. But anyway, but I think we can all be complacent, especially when it comes to God, isn't it? And especially when those things in our heart, I think that we can all be in that place where we go, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, be fine. Do it tomorrow or the next day, the next day. But God is saying, let's get out of our deck chairs. Let's pray any way that you can. Any way that you can. If it's with words, if it's without words, if it's in the bath, if it's on your way to work, if it's taking the dog for a walk, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. We don't have to get to that place where we're, we're sat there for five hours on our own because it doesn't happen, does it? It doesn't happen in my life very often anyway. So, but pray any way that we can, knowing that we're empowered by God. So I can't do a talk on prayer without praying, can I? That would be awful, wouldn't it? So we're all going to stand up. Would you please stand up? <laughs> it's me being bossy, isn't it? I'm a teacher. You can tell I'm a teacher. So, okay. So uh, I want to pray. And before I do, I, when I was preparing for this, I felt I had two words, okay, from God. So take them as you want them. But uh, the first word was that I felt the people, some people here today, God has given them mountains to pray for, absolute mountains. And in your net, there is a mountain. And maybe you think, my goodness, I've got such a mountain. How am I going to pray for this? But he's also given you seeds of faith. And those seeds of faith can move those mountains. And he knows he's given them to you. And he knows that you're trustworthy. And he knows that you're faithful. 
But with those seeds of faith, those mountains can be moved. And he's telling you today, those mountains can be moved. And the second picture I had was, oh, which was a bit surprising. I suppose it's a bit surprising, like Peter with his net, wasn't it? What, what did he take to all of that in his net? And this picture was, uh, we've got some patio table outside on the patio. And there's a, a spider always comes and puts a web there and every time we go out well this was last year every time we went out I would sweep the spider away in his web away and we would sit down and then the next day it would be there again he put another web there and the next day the next day, and we would go on and on and on me sweeping away his web and then him putting the web back again and but you know what one day I went out there the web had gone no web no web and I felt that God was saying that if you have chains and sometimes we break for, we pray for ourselves for freedom don't we and i feel sometimes we pray for those chains to be broken and sometimes you feel that freedom but it comes back again you feel the freedom and it comes back again but god is saying keep praying keep praying because those chains will be broken the enemy will get fed up and he will go so if you're in that position today either of those positions that's what god i felt god was saying today for us so let's pray oh lord god i just thank you that you you empower us and you want to strengthen us i thank you lord will you fill us lord with your holy spirit as we pray will you fill our hearts with things that you want us to pray for will you help us lord we want to get out of those deck chairs and we want to pray in any way that we possibly can pray and I ask for your help because we can't do it on our own. And Lord, will you change our view of you so that we see you as that loving Heavenly Father with your arms open wide, welcoming us as we pray. Oh, Lord, we just ask if there's anybody here, Lord God, that needs that place of reconciliation, will you just put your arms around them? And will you help them? And will you bring all forgiveness and anything that's required? from either side, Lord God, will you help, I ask, and break any chains, Lord God, break any chains, I ask, help us, Lord, to pray in any, any way we can.